like to continue talking with you today um, about this, this issue of prayer and the promise of an intimate prayer, a pattern of prayer. We started this last week uh, concerning uh, the promise that Jesus gives us as to uh, um, a unique prayer life that we can have with the Father in heaven. And so this is part two here. And I have the same scripture because this is still the same springboard we're using to just consider some of uh, the thoughts of the Lord to us when it comes to understanding the proper thoughts about prayer and probably needing to unlearn some improper things about prayer that are hindering us. Because really, when you have the wrong thinking about prayer, it, it is a hindrance to you. It's not enjoyable, and it's, it's boring, and you feel like you're going through a grocery list. And so uh, the Lord wants us to enjoy prayer. And, uh, and not, uh, this isn't going to be a, a lesson, and this isn't going to be a sermon that's going to make you feel guilty when you leave, okay? But I believe it'll be uh, something that uh, the Lord wants to plant in our hearts as a, as a hope, uh, a hope um, that we can have a, uh, well, like we said last week, not just be Christians who pray, but become praying Christians instead. Let's go ahead and read the scripture here. Matthew 6. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, that in all, that, that, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you. So some of you have to get up early to, to, um, to be able to shut the door out, shut the kids out. That's what I say, yeah, some, some, some of you moms. So when you pray, go, uh, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Now that's pretty cool to think about. Jesus is telling us how to pray. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. So that means something to God when we take the effort to get away with him. And when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do, but they think that their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. So don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Lord, we ask you today that as we look at these uh, principles of prayer that Jesus has given us, we pray that, Lord, that something will really sink into our hearts, that, that uh, Lord, that you'll change our prayer life, that you'll, you'll help us to learn something new that will, that will cause us to uh, uh, be able to know you better. Our Father, we know that's what this is all about, is knowing you better, and that is so crucial. That's what intimacy is all about. But we pray today you'll help us to um, better understand what uh, Jesus is trying to tell us, what the Holy Spirit wants us to, un to, to learn here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We've learned also, well, here that, that, uh, that Jesus showed us that just not the technical mechanics of prayer, but the heart attitude of God toward us as we pray. We talked about that last week. That it's not so the mechanics of prayer. Yeah, they're important to a point. But to inspire us to be able to really enjoy prayer, we have to understand that the Father is one who wants us, who wants to commune with us in prayer. Um, that's, he's reaching out to us. And he doesn't want us, and if he's reaching out to us, Jesus is giving us a sense here that he wants us to enjoy it. That he wants us to be with him. And he wants to share things with us. It's really neat. It's really marvelous. It's, it's, uh, well, we'll just let the Lord speak to us here today about some of these other 
principles that will help us to un- understand the heart of the Father toward us. You know, over, over the years, I've been requested to conduct several funer- uh, funerals of folks that I've known, and, uh, and then also from, also from families of people that I've not known. I've uh, done a number of funerals over the years of my ministry. I've come to see that funerals and memorials are really blessed opportunities, actually. We don't think of them like that, do we? But, but if you want to think of something at least positive about it, you can say they're really good opportunities of mercy, granted by God, in a sense, uh, that folks are gathered in a solemn, quiet place away from the normal daily distractions of busy life to, for a brief while, to consider serious and hard thoughts. I really think it's important. I just think it's so important to, to, be, to be thinkers, to be serious uh, thinkers, and to, and to take on the challenge of hard thoughts. A lot of people don't like hard thoughts because they're, they're lazy and they're thinking. But it's important that we, we're challenged with hard thoughts and that we figure them out and that we solve them. And we can only solve them with God's help. Um, the last several years, I've sensed the Lord direct me to challenge folks at the close of funerals by posing four serious life questions that at some time or other we all ask ourselves. And many of you who you know what's coming because you, you've been in enough funerals. We've been in enough funerals together, you know that these, these are questions that I, I challenge people with to think about because they're questions that I've been challenged with and I've had to work through myself. And there are questions that are, everybody has, uh, you know, where did I come from? What gives my life meaning? What gives it significance? How do I know what's right and wrong? And what happens when I die? Those are four life questions that everybody needs to have the answer to. You know, if you're going to uh, be able to uh, face death someday, of course, um, we believe that the Bible teaches us, don't we, that Jesus Christ is truly the only answer to uh, all those questions. And, and you've heard it before, Jesus isn't the best answer, he's the only answer. Right. Yeah. Your philosophers par excellence. Yeah. He's not the best answer. He's the only answer. He's the only answer. He's not one of many. He's the only one. Um, I never get tired of telling people that truth. The Bible is just a marvelous treasure is a marvelous treasure. It reveals uh, above uh, all, you know, above all creation that God created mankind alone in his image. Now this is going to help us understand why prayer is such a great blessing, is such a great privilege for us. And that's why it's so important for us to learn how to do it and, uh, and to get the, the improper thinking out of our heads so that we can experience the joy of it and not, uh, and not think of it as a drudgery. In Psalm 8, uh, verses 5 to 8, you know these scriptures. This says, you have made us to be a little lower than the angels, and you've crowned us with glory and honor. Talking to God about our creation. You've made us to be rulers over the works of your hands, and you put everything under our feet. All the flocks and the herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. You know, God has placed nobility in us, hasn't he? And that's because we're made in his image. Yeah, yeah. He, we can think, we can reason. What, you know, what's it mean to be made in his image? What does it mean to have a nobility within us, the nobility of God? Well, we can think, we can reason with moral parameters. We, we, can, we can think about life. We can think about death. Um, you know, my little dog Lucy, I can guarantee you, she does not think about life and death. She thinks about the next treat that I'm going to give her. 
you know. She thinks about having enough water. She thinks about, you know, getting, getting more attention, <laughs> you know. She needs more attention than Becky and I give each other. <laughs> You know, she just needs lots of attention. Um, if, you, if, you, if you want a Yorkie and if you don't want to give it attention, you don't want a Yorkie. <laughs> yeah, um, we can think about life and death. We can think about justice. We can think about righteousness, what those things mean, about the meaning, about the purpose of those things. About, we can think about future after death. We can think about things that haven't happened yet, yet we know are certain to happen. Um, we're told by God to, to walk this high road of truth above the animals, uh, uh, this road of righteousness, above uh, this road of goodness, uh, this road of love. We're, we're different than anything else in creation when you really stop to think about it. Uh, we are more eva- we're more valuable, Jesus said, in God's sight than all of creation, even the birds, he says. The human soul is the most valuable treasure on earth. Most valuable. The devil, that's why he constantly works. The devil constantly works to get men and women not to see that. To try to blind them to that. Um, To see themselves really equal with the animals. That we're just animals. Of course, science tries to tell us that, doesn't it? That we're just animals. And you can even live as as an animal if you want to, to. To make sinful and foolish choices. Always ready to trade what's most valuable for that temporary trinket. <laughs> Jesus was always pointing that out to us, wasn't he? Remember Mark 8, verses 36, 37. He said, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for his soul? There's nothing more valuable than your soul. God crowned us, the scripture says, with, with glory. He crowned us with, with honor and crowned us and that means, of course, he's crowned us with intelligence, with, a, with an understanding of what morality is, what is sin. And, and yeah, sin has marred us. You know, we, we know that. It's marred the image of God and made us really worthless spiritually in God's sight. The Bible says that our personal righteousness is like filthy rags in his sight. You know, so yes, sin has done that. Sin's made it impossible for us to make ourselves right with God. We, you know, we know that. Only God could restore us, amen? And that's what we celebrate here about Jesus coming. Uh, Only God could come and restore us and uh, restore our inward righteousness and deactivate sin's power over us. We don't have to sin because the Lord lives in us. We we are able to resist sin and sin cannot control us because of Jesus coming to die on the cross and rising from the dead and ascending to the Father. Yeah, we don't have to sin. We don't have to. Because the Lord lives in us and he has overcome sin by his death on the cross. Amen? Yeah. Only Jesus' death on the cross and the re- resurrection could the power of sin and the devil be defeated within us. Amen. And then sanctify us to Christ-like level of God's image again. Well, let me, let me pose this question. Since we understand that, since we understand that, that's, that's basic theology when it comes to un- understanding uh, who we are, what, uh, who, what a man and woman is in, in God, being made in God's image, and, and some of, the, the, some of the, uh, the levels of superiority we have over the animals and over everything else in creation. Uh, this is cool, that God created us to learn to pray. There's something that Jesus implies here with us uh, in this scripture is that God created us to be able to pray. 
We may not know how to do it, but Jesus is trying to show us how to do it. That we, he said, get alone with God, shut the door, and begin to, and we talked about this last week, you need to learn to start seeking God, put some effort into being a praying Christian. You say, well, I don't know what to do. Well, you know, we, we talked about that, didn't we? I think it's in this, this next one here. Remember, just take a simple model. Just take the simple model of Acts. This is really simple. Forget about how long, you know, forget about the time, you know, watch, in your watch. When you go to pray and you shut the door, just give God, just give, you know, Acts. Uh, express to him something you appreciate and adore about him. Again, he's not, he's not looking to pick out, you know, well, you sure, he sure didn't say that very well. No, his heart is, is for us. His heart is trying to reach out to us saying, I want to reward you. Just, just make an effort to seek me. Uh, and we express our adoration, our appreciation to God for a couple things. And then, of course, then we, we all have our issues, we have our shortcomings, and maybe even some sin that you've committed that you need to confess to God. Tell him about it. Maybe, maybe you had a bad attitude. Maybe you lost your temper. Who, whatever it could be. But tell him about it. Confess it to him. Ask his forgiveness. All right? Then just express more thanksgiving to him. Yeah, thanksgiving. And then, you know, surely you can think of one or two things to thank the Lord for. Again, forget about the time. Just tell him. Forget about the time. That's one of those things where... That's improper thinking. That's, that's a bad habit. Always wondering, okay, whew, I made it through five minutes. I've got to keep going. You know, forget the time. God doesn't care about the time here, okay? Here, he's trying to train you. He's trying to help us. He's trying to help us to learn this pattern of, of, of intimate prayer. So forget about the time and just then tell him what you need. You know, your, your supplications. Tell him what your needs are. Tell him a couple needs. And... Um, that's a good, that is a beginning. Um, you know, we're, again, we're, we're endeavoring here, loved ones, to be, we're endeavoring to be praying Christians. Not just Christians who, and we're, we're going to talk more about what that means to be praying Christians, but not just be people who pray once in a while, or who pray, but uh, Christians who pray, but we want to be praying Christians where it's part of our life. It's, it's kind of like, the only way I can think about it is this way is that I don't walk around and say, well, today I'm Becky's husband. No, I'm Becky's husband all the time. You know what I mean? It's my life. And that's the way it is with prayer for Christians. It's my life. It's my connection to my Father. It's my connection to God. It's not something I, I it's not a, a discipline I do once a day. Uh, it's, it's something that I live. I, I, I live it. I, I'm in constant connection and we're going to talk about that as we go on here. Isn't it cool to think that God created us to learn to pray? We're the only creatures on earth in all creation who pray. No other, cre- no, no other creation on God. Not even the angels pray. Did you know that? Angels don't pray. There's no scripture. There's no reference in the Bible of, of angels praying. They praise God, but they don't pray. We're the only ones on earth, the only, the only creation of all, of all God, I mean, all the animals, all the insects, everything. We're the only ones that are called to pray. That God wants us to teach us how to pray. And that's and that something. Um, we saw last Sunday that 
the meaningful prayer is a great privilege of our salvation in Christ, that the Bible reveals that our prayers really matter to God. And as his redeemed priests, again, I'm just hitting this real quickly. We've talked about this in detail in the past, but as his redeemed priests, he collects our prayers on the altar in heaven. He mixes them with his power and then he affects them back to the earth to be accomplished. We are the only mediators with the only hope for our unsaved families, we're like priests. We're the go-between between the unsaved and God. We're the, we're the light. We're there we're, by our good deeds, by our love toward them. We're the ones who are going to lead them to the Lord. And we're the ones who pray for them that, that God will reach them. So we're, we're these wonderful priests. We're the royal priesthood, Peter says. And uh, we saw last Sunday that Jesus informs us that God wants to again teach us how to have that intimate pattern of prayer. And it takes, it'll take some effort on our part, again, to unlearn some improper thinking and some bad prayer habits, but it's worth it. Jesus assures us that the Father wants to be alone with us and that God wants you to be yourself. He wants you to be yourself. He doesn't want you to parade around as a, like, like, a, like a hypocrite. He wants you to be yourself in private. He wants you to be honest and sincere with him. He wants you to tell him that you don't know what you're doing. Okay? <laughs> tell him. You know, prayer is not some activity merely of mechanics, but that require you to say the right words over and over again. Jesus said, don't do that. Don't try to just fake it. Don't try to be babbling on and on. He said, you know, uh, Jesus showed us that prayer is meant to be an avenue whereby you and God and your Heavenly Father can commune, right? Can commune together. And you can share what you, uh, you can share what you need in your life and He will reward you, right? And again, we already talked about the Acts thing. So we strive to become praying Christians, not just Christians who pray. There are many definitions to, many definitions to prayer. Um, but prayer is uh, speaking and listening. Okay, we're just going to get down to the basics. Prayer is speaking and listening. You know, I think people, I think we know, and I'm including myself, I think we know the first part pretty good. <laughs> we do. I mean, many of us have been raised in church all of our lives, so we, we, we know how to pray. And if I was to call on you to pray, Pray today, you would you know how to pray. Uh, you know how to lead us in prayer. Uh, prayer is speaking and listening. Um, we often, though, look at prayer as reading off a list to God, a list of needs that we might have. That's what people think of when they think of prayer. Um, kind of like ordering a pizza over the phone. You know, uh, you, know you, you most likely don't know the person on the other end of the phone. But you just place the order. You know, I wish to order a royal feast tonight, you know, and I chose Pizza King because I thought most of us probably like that. But, uh, um, and then they say, about 20 minutes, right? About 20, 20 minutes and you, and you say thanks and you go pick up your pizza. I think that's the way it is. Prayer is with, with you know, some folks. I put in my order with God and I'm just waiting for him to, you know, putting, uh, waiting for him to deliver. I'm waiting for God to um, get, get it ready and, uh, and hope that he's going to He's going to deliver. You know, that's a very shallow understanding of prayer. It's sort of like rubbing a lamp, isn't it? Hoping a genie's going to pop out. Really. Do you get the sense of that? What is Jesus is getting at here? I don't think he's getting at that at all. He's showing us something much more intimate about prayer than just ordering a pizza like to God. Say, God, I'll take a royal feast. Uh, prayer is, uh, prayer is, is, is speaking. Uh, but it's also... Listening with expectation. 
I think that's so very important. It is speaking, but it's also listening with expectation. What is expectation? Well, the expectation that God is going to communicate with you, too. You know, you're going into a situation, you're going to prayer, you're going to your prayer closet, and think, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to do the best I can. God, I don't even know really how to start, but I'm just going to tell you a few things I appreciate about, appreciate about you. But behind all that, behind all that, have this spirit of expectation. God, you're going to talk to me. You're going to talk to me. You're going to speak to me. A Christian who prays is one who prays in a moment of time and then leaves that moment and turns, you know, uh, turns off the expectation. Christians who merely pray, they, they go into their prayer closet or they maybe they, they have their prayer time and then they just, okay, they got through the list and amen and off to work. Off to work. Off to, you know, off to, uh, you know, off to the daily duties or whatever. Those are Christians who pray. How do praying Christians pray? Well, they, they spend time with God. And they may even end with their supplications. But when they say the amen, they don't just go off to work. They go off to work with the expectation God could speak to me at any time. He could speak to me any time. I have that expectation. I'm carrying that around with me. That I prayed and... Uh, I, uh, God, I, don't, I didn't leave him back there. I didn't leave him in the closet. I, uh, he's with me now, and now I, I, he could uh, speak to me at any moment. I've given, uh, I'm, my heart is open to that. It's open to that. It's an expectation that God's going to answer, you know? Um, in a sense, it's like, kind of like you put your spiritual ears on standby, you know, ready to hear from God because you realize that and you didn't leave him back there. You know, when you put something on standby, it doesn't mean it's turned off. It just means it's just, it's ready to be activated. It's still, it's ready. And uh, uh, I'm so glad for this. Uh, um, last Sunday, on my way to the community Thanksgiving service at a West Missionary, at the, uh, the uh, I was on my way out there, and it, it was just turning dark, of course, and uh, this time of year, and I was driving along, and I, I, uh, Noticed something. I when I when I looked out toward my left side, I was seeing some flashing lights out of the corner of my eye, my left eye, and I thought, "Huh, what is that?" I'd look this way, and it didn't happen. I looked that way, but I see flashing lights to on the left of my eye. It lasted for about 15 to 20 minutes, and then I noticed some floating specks in my vision. The next day I saw my eye doctor and uh, he assured me that my retina was still attached and it was fine, but he said I'd had a, a vitreous tear, is what he said, it's because you're getting old. Uh, no, he said that in your mid-60s or people in their 60s, a lot of time they, they're, anyway, I won't go into all the details, but you have these things called vitreous tears. And, and so um, he said there's nothing really to be worried about, it's just because you're aging or whatever. Um, well, on Tuesday, the next day, after I'd seen the doctor, my eyes still felt kind of strange. It felt odd. It didn't feel right. And uh, he assured me that, again, that everything was fine, but I, I, I was kind of worried about it. You know, I, I don't want to go blind in that eye. I, I, 
And I was kind of worried about it a little bit, and I was I had gone to another appointment. It was another that I, I was scheduled to go to, and I and um, on the way back home uh, from that appointment, I could tell I was worried about. It. I had talked to the Lord about it already that morning, and and I was still worried about it. And I was driving down 300 over here, and uh, suddenly the Lord spoke to me. And he said this. He said, uh, don't worry about your eye. I'm in charge of your eye. That day that really meant a lot to me. I'd been expecting him to speak. Because I had laid it out there for him that I was worried about it, you know. And I said, Lord, I... I don't want to go blind in that eye. I'm just concerned about that. And, and I thought, I'm just going to trust you with it. And, but he didn't leave me hanging. He, he told me not, not to worry. That he specifically is in charge of my eye. And then, of course, they had that reassurance that he's in charge of everything about me. That he cared enough to assure me that he knew all about my eye. I tell you, that, uh, that really, that is... Uh, that's kind of is this. That is, uh, if I can get it up here, that is prayer being on active listening standby mode where you prayed and God, I'm expecting you to answer me with that. That's what Jesus, I think, is talking about. He said, then the Father will reward you. You know. Um, genuine prayer here is, uh, genuine prayer is us speaking to God and God listening it's also God speaking to us and us listening. So prayer is communication between us and God. And if it's only one-sided on our part, then that's, uh, that's not meeting the standard that Jesus gave us. Jesus ex- says you should expect prayer to be a communion between you and God, that God should speak to you as well. As a little boy, I recall overhearing my dad pray one Sunday evening as we knelt in the pews. That's what we did in those days. We knelt in the pews for prayer time. And... and um, uh, I was listening to my dad pray. I, I wasn't praying, but I was listening to him pray. He was right next to me, and again, I was just a little, little guy. And I remember uh, everybody else started praying, and that's what, that was good, normal, but my dad didn't. He didn't pray and uh, start praying. He didn't start talking. And, and, uh, and I realized, he, as he waited for a, a few, few moments, he was preparing his soul for something. He didn't just jump into speaking. He was quiet. He was preparing his soul for something. He was waiting to let God speak first to him. Hmm. He's waiting for God to, to speak first. And love him, that is a good practice to do. That is a good practice. God is the speaker. You know, what's the psalmist say? This is really good. He said, the psalmist says, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. God is used to speaking. (laughs) He's the one who spoke the universe into existence. And so why don't you just pause when you enter prayer. Before you adore him, before you appreciate him, just pause and say, Lord, you can speak first. Just quiet yourself. You know, he, he might speak first. Or you just might do something in your, in your spirit to help you to pray better. Who knows? The 
the Lord God is the first one to speak. Again, all creation into existence. Uh, Eugene Peterson, he mentions that the Psalms are arranged in such a way as to keep us from presumptuous prayer that speaks to God without first listening. Isn't that good? Uh, in other words, in other words, this. Prayer is first of all listening, then speaking. Oh, that's a good... See, that, this is, again, you, we're learning new habits in prayer. First of all, when you go into your prayer closet, don't just talk out right, right off the bat. Just start, quiet yourself, pause, and let God see if he wants to speak first. Let him speak. Taking the time, again, to, to just... Uh, Put him first. Again, it may take some training on your part, but if you are determined to, to do prayer the right way, God will break through for you. We will learn to respond to his leading, and He may it may be as simple as God giving your spirit peace to express yourself to him. Dr. David Busick, our general superintendent, says that prayer is not a monologue, but a dialogue grounded in a covenant relationship. Because we are connected to Jesus, we have a covenant with him. That's why we call it the New Testament, the New Covenant in his blood. We are, we are, all, we are the earthly creatures who, who form and use words to communicate joy and sorrow. We need to un understand the great value that God places upon our words. God wants to hear us. He placed great value on, the, on, on our words. The, the blueprint for prayer, loved ones, is not complicated. It's God speaks... We listen. We speak. God listens. Unlearn speaking first and give God an opportunity. That'd be a good assignment for this week. Let God speak first. Give, give Him a chance. Have you ever missed a solution to a problem because you were thinking about it incorrectly? You kept looking, trying to fix this problem, but you kept looking at the wrong, wrong angle, and you started from the wrong place to, you know, to, to, to begin with, and you wound up nowhere near, near a solution. I recently took my uh, vehicle to, uh, uh, to the mechanic because uh, it had a loud, annoying, squeaking sound in the suspension, in the front, front end. I mean, it was really annoying. I kept saying that uh, to the mechanics, I believe it's the struts. I said, I, I really believe it's the struts. And, I mean, it's just, I, I've replaced struts before myself, and I, I think it's the struts. And, and the mechanic, he wasn't convinced. He, he kept suggesting something else. And I, I really didn't believe him. I thought, no, I think it's the struts. I've done enough of this. I think I know what I'm talking about, you know. And uh, however, uh, he looked at the problem from all angles. And he methodically discovered that it was not the struts. It was the bushings in the lower control arms. And some of you men know what that means. It was the bushings. So he just lubricated those bushings and gave me a $45 bill and where I didn't have to pay $700. I like him. I appreciated him that day. Uh, I, you know, but you know what? Prayer can be like that. Um, we, we think... I'll just do this and this and this and I, I know where I'm going. I know what's happening. But if you don't know what is the foundation of prayer, if you don't know what it's all about, that listening first to someone who knows more than you do, <laughs> you're going to continue to fail in experiencing meaningful prayer. Just listen. You know, it, you might be looking at this problem wrong. 
I know you're praying about so-and-so and they're a pain in the neck. You might be looking at it the wrong way. And God might just give you another idea. And he might reveal something to you about that person. I recall many years ago on a Monday, and I've shared this story with you before, I think at least once, but it was um, many years ago on a Monday. It was on a Monday. I know it was on a Monday because that's my day off. And uh, it's been our day off all through our ministry for the most part. And uh, Becky's, uh, she's on the edge right now thinking, oh, what's he going to do? Becky, uh, she wanted me to go shopping with her. And uh, we had uh, had, uh, a usual, as usual, a busy schedule going on and life was full. And I got to, I had several things I wanted to do on that Monday and it did not include going shopping. (laughs) I did not, I did not want to go shopping. I wanted to get some other things done. I didn't want to go shopping, but I did. I thought, I'm going to try to do this. I, I love Becky. I want to go do this. And, uh, and uh, now that was, this was many years ago. So, you know, we've, we've covered many gra- much ground since then. But um, I, wonder, uh, I thought, I'm going to do it. And, uh, I'm, and I was hiding, though. I was hiding a little bit of a bad attitude. I was. I was it was there. And uh, I, I was trying to smile through it. And I said, I'm gonna, I want to be a Christian, you know. Uh, and uh, love my wife. Well, I, I thought I was doing pretty well. And uh, we went uh, to the first store. And she found a clothing item that she liked. But, but she didn't purchase it. And uh, we continued to move from... Uh, I just figured she didn't like that that well. She want, we need to go some, someplace else. So we, 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 uh, we went to another store. Uh, and we continued to go from store to store looking at clothes. All the while the precious time is ticking away. Uh, things that I could be doing at home that I wanted to do. And um, after what seemed like hours, it probably wasn't. But uh, after quite a long time, we returned to the very first store and purchased what she had seen when we first arrived. Well, I got finally the, the little hidden. I couldn't hide it anymore. I got frustrated because I was anxious to get back on with what I wanted to do. And she saw I was upset. And I asked her why. I said, honey, why did we waste all this time shopping when, you know. And then she said, I just wanted to be with you today. And I wanted us to be together. <laughs> You know, she, I, just, the old knife, you know, they get in there, you know, I mean, it's always hard to be with someone who's more Christian than you are, you know. (laughs) That really is a a foundation uh, principle there of prayer with the Father. That he really wants to be with us. And he wants us to want to be with him. Um, prayer is actually deeper than we first know. We, we think it's about a list of shopping requests. But prayer is actually this, loved ones. It's, uh, it's actually this. It's, prayer in its, in its purest form is actually about God knowing you. And... Uh, your heavenly father rewarding you with an intimate knowledgeable relationship with him he he wants you to be us to be closer he wants us to know he wants us he wants me to know how he thinks he wants me to 
enjoy the, the, the fellowship of his presence as he enjoys mine as well and yours. God, he just doesn't drop answers to your needs out of the sky. Did you know that? He just doesn't drop answers to your needs. No, he answers our needs. Listen closely. We're, we're closing here. He answers your needs as you get to know him. No, it's not like again. Okay, God, I wanted this. I wanted a royal feast, you know, and, and you know, and but but you gave me all sausage, you know, or you know, whatever. Uh, God, he he wants to meet our needs uh, as we get to know him. In other words, don't come seeking only answers to your request. You're going to be disappointed. But go to the root of prayer. Come seeking to know him first seeking to understand how he will answer your requests as an outgrowth from, comes from knowing him. If you seek only answers to your requests, your requests are going to get, well, they'll be, they'll be bigger and more important than knowing him. If your requests, if that's all you're interested in, that's going to be bigger than the desire to know him. If you reverse that, you're going to find answers coming in the most marvelous ways when it, you're thinking, Lord, What's most important is that I decrease and you increase that I get to know you better. And then you'll find things marvelously happening. We need Jesus more than anything we might ever get from him. Get that? We need Jesus more than anything we might ever get from him. So until you understand where you came from, you know, until you understand that, that knowing him gives you meaning and purpose, until you understand that only he is the standard for right and wrong. Then you'll understand the reason why you know you were born. And the reason for your salvation. The reason for your faith and obedience is to get you home. Where will I go when I die? Prayer helps us understand God is trying to get us home. Home. That's where he wants us to be. He created us to be with him forever. Home. It's in the, his, this is the first relational aspect of prayer with God that just keeps the, uh, prayer from becoming boring and meaningless and an empty function. So prayer is meant to raise us to the privileged place of fellowship and communion and intimacy and purpose with our creator, not just the routine exercise religious exercise. Amen. Father, today as we prepare to leave and dodge the raindrops outside, we thank you for the rain. We know you know just exactly what we need. Sometimes it's not always on our timetable, but you know what we need. Sometimes, Lord, your blessings can even be inconvenient to us, but they wind up being the best thing for us. Because, Lord, we've come, we want to learn to trust you. We want to know you. Have confidence in you. Trust you that, that you're not going to ever do anything that is not for our best interest. Lord, today as we, as we consider, continue to try to uh, change in prayer, to change or grow, we pray that you'll give us your grace. Give us your grace, we ask as you see our hearts and our willingness to want to let you speak 
and we'll listen. And then we'll speak. And we know you'll listen. Help us, Lord, to start wherever we're at, whatever level we're at, whatever level of, of, of uh, spiritual maturity we're at. Help us just to start right there. You love us right where we're at. Oh, God, we pray that we will see that you're more concerned that we know you. That's your biggest concern. And then we'll see how generous and glorious you are in your love and kindness to us. So we pray, Lord, today again that this will be a day when we'll be able to reflect upon your truth throughout the day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. Thank you for your kind attention today and um, encourage somebody before you go out and get wet. All right. <laughs>